0: Welcome in to the first ever With sports.net podcast, the inaugural podcast, the initial, the introductory, whatever you want to call it. It's the first time that we've done this on a significant scale. We've done audio recordings. We've done podcasts, previewing the playoffs for football, for girls basketball, for boys basketball. We've done some monthly interviews. We've done some coach interviews in the past, but first time that we've taken on doing a full-scale podcast that will be coming at you weekly on WSN, published on iTunes and everywhere else that you find podcasts all around the interwebs. Wednesday afternoons coming at you with our WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager, football writer at wissports.net, I'll be the host weekly. We'll have some other folks joining us at different times including Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer, Norbert Durst, our content manager and girls basketball writer. We'll see about having some coaches on, we'll see about having other guests join us, maybe media members. We'll see how it goes, what people are interested in, what people want to hear on high school sports in the state of Wisconsin and that's what our focus is going to be, of course, at wisports.net, the number one source for high school sports in the state of Wisconsin. We're going to keep it focused right on the preps, right on the statewide perspective in the state of Wisconsin. And it's a little bit later than I would have liked, but we're getting to our first edition here, entering week three of the high school football season. Now, school hasn't started, at least for most places. So, you know, we'll we'll consider this uh, on time as as much as it could be. Uh, again, we'll take you through some of the big stories. We'll take you through some of our thoughts, our feelings on What's going on in high school sports? That might be big games. That might be previewing things coming up. That might be talking about things that have already happened. That'll be talking about, you know, off the field, off the court things as well, whether it's rule changes, whether it's uh, WIAA-related items, whatever it might be, uh, we'll talk about it and uh, we'll get to it a little bit later. But there's certainly off-the-court items going on in especially boys' basketball right now that are generating a considerable amount of attention, discussion. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on our Wisports.net podcast. But first of all, we've got to get to football. We're into football season. Again, week three coming up this week. And uh, it's been an interesting ride so far, an interesting start to the 2018 season. Of course, it, it began with a bang right away in week one. Uh, the, the game of the year, uh, at least the first one. Um, when Fond du Lac ended Kimberly's 70-game winning streak, and it was uh, it was an exciting one. It was what we've come to expect from that rivalry over the years. But Fond du Lac got it done, and uh, you know it uh, it was maybe not a surprise to a lot of people. But any time you have a 70-game winning streak end, that's noteworthy. That's newsworthy. Interesting thing, you know, as uh, as the last couple weeks have played out. Uh, we had our first Wisports.net coaches poll come out following week one, and it was uh, you know wasn't sure where things were going to lie. Figured Fond du Lac would come in at number one, and they did. and Kimberly at number two in the Division One rankings, despite that opening loss to Fond du Lac. So, you know, I, I think that uh, is is deserved for both teams. I think anytime, you know, you you beat the king like Fond du Lac did, you've got to be the new king at least until somebody proves otherwise. And Fond du Lac's got a tough game coming up this week as they take on Appleton North. Who's looking for a little bit of revenge last week. Appleton North lost a tight one, a a great high school football game, a back and forth affair against Nina, Nina, the Rockets pulled it out to remain undefeated. Appleton North had been ranked third prior to that game. They dropped down to seventh this week. So it's going to be Fond du Lac and Appleton North in, in one of the best games in the entire state right away in week three. Uh, the big game, the, the game that I picked for Game of the Week, and it was it was tough. There was uh, a lot of really good games, but there wasn't that marquee, clear-cut, best game as we had in Week 1 with Fond du Lac and Kimberly, as we had in Week 2 with Amherst and St. Mary's Springs. There wasn't that type of game necessarily. Again, a number of good games that were on the schedule, but not really uh, that that one that you look at as being you know, a, a Game of the Year-type contender. So I went with Mount Hora-Barneveld at Wanakee, a couple ranked teams in the Badger North Conference. Wanakee's ranked second in Division II, despite being the defending state champions. Mount Hora-Barneveld's ranked seventh in Division Three. Mount Hora-Barneveld's got a new coach this year. Brett St. Arnaud came in, replacing Ryan Kleppy, who's now an assistant at Monona Grove. Wanakee lost 18 starters off of last year's team, including 10 starters on defense, they're not slowing down, though. They're averaging over 50 points a game. They've only given up seven points so far this year, looking like a powerhouse, but haven't really been tested yet. Um, we don't know for sure where Wanake is going to be, what Wanake is going to be this year. Are they going to be uh, a state title contender, or are they just going to be a really, really good team? Uh, anytime you lose the kind of talent that they lost from last year, Javion Dane, L.O. Johnson, Nate Carter, um, you know, the, the list goes on with some of the guys that they lost, Riley Zudi on offense on the outside, some really talented kids on that defense. Uh, it, it's tough. And so, you know, they're, they're ranked second, um, which was interesting when the, the first rankings of the year came out that Brookfield Central, the team they beat in last year's state championship game, was ranked ahead of them. But I think, uh, you know, it's hard to argue with it. Brookfield Central returned a little bit more this year, Drew Lashinsky at quarterback, um, Julian Band on the outside at receiver, some really talented kids on the offensive skill positions, some good players on defense, although they lost a few Division One type of kids uh, in the offseason. So Brookfield Central, number one team in Division II, Wanakee's second. And uh, the Wanakee-Mount horror Barnevel game is the one I will be at this week. Uh, with my radio duty- duties that I have for football Friday night following the games, uh, I have to be within uh, about a half hour of our studio at the uh, iHeart Media station in in Madison, which is on the south side, all the way down on the south side of Fish Hatchery Road. Um, So I I can't get to as many games, can't get to the kind of games that I might want to. So I'm relatively uh, have to stay close to Madison. Wanakee is pretty close to as far as I can get away and still get back to the studio. So I'll take in the first half, maybe a little bit into the third quarter, of that game and then head back to the studio last year want ran through the regular season. They weren't really challenged too much. The closest game they got was from Mount Horeb Barneveld, uh, but it was still a, a relatively easy, easy win for Wanaki. I was at that game last year in Mount Horeb and uh, Wanaki was never really in doubt on who was the better team and who was going to win that game. I think it was 21 to six at halftime. Mount Horeb Barnaveld did make it a two score game early in the fourth quarter and then Wanakee pulled away and was a pretty easy victor, 43-20. to So that's the game of the week that we have, and a few other noteworthy games. I mentioned Fond du Lac and Appleton North this week. It's going to be interesting to see if Appleton North can rebound, can respond to that loss last week against Nina and get things going in the right direction, and um, with Nina, uh, or excuse me with Fond du Lac, you know that, that's uh, uh, another tough game right right away here in the early going and the VFA uh, is is really some of these teams have a tough, tough schedule this year. I mean there's teams that have to play Fond du Lac, Appleton North Kimberley. You throw in teams like Hortonville and Cocona and Nina uh, in that mix as well. And there's some really, really good teams in the VFA, most of them coming out of what was the old? fva the old fox valley association um you could certainly make a case that right now it's the best football conference in the state of wisconsin at one point uh, at least after week one the top three teams in division one were all out of the vfa and all former fva schools and uh there's certainly some other teams kind of in the mix to be ranked as well hortonville caucona uh, looked pretty good and their opening win over wisconsin rapids um so it's, it's a tough league. And uh, as far as big schools go, big school leagues, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the VFA is right up there, although technically it's three separate divisions. Hard to argue against what the Classic 8 has done as a conference, as a whole, the last few years where you've had a number of teams make it to the state, uh, state finals. One year we even had three teams from that conference make it to the state finals in three different divisions. Uh, you look at the Waukesha schools, uh, at least Waukesha West, you know, Arrowhead's not what they used to be, but Muskego looks very, very good this year. McGuanago is improved. Catholic Memorial is the number one ranked team in Division Three. I mean, that's just a, a battle week in and week out. Kettle Moraine has taken a nice step forward this year. So top to bottom, hard to argue with the depth of that league, and the Greater Metro has to be in that conversation as well. Marquette is looking very good this year. I mentioned Brookfield Central is the number one team in Division Two. Brookfield East just went down to Marquette last week. But they're still ranked in the top ten in Division Two. Sussex uh, Hamilton is uh, looking like a resurgent program, and just really good depth in that league as well. Now, you know some of the teams at the bottom of that conference have struggled. They haven't been able to to break through. The Tosa schools, West Alice Hale. So it's kind of been those, uh, you know, some of those top teams have rotated. Who's going to win it? And, and can't forget Menominee Falls, by the way, with Julius Davis, Badger commit, uh, arguably and quite possibly the best player in the state of Wisconsin and, and certainly having a huge impact early on for the Indians. So the greater Metro's in that conversation. The North Shore's uh, looking tough as well. Um, so when it comes to conferences, at least, uh, you know, the big school conferences, those are some of the best ones. The Big Eight is interesting this year. Sun Prairie already has a loss. The teams that um, are undefeated in the Big Eight, there's only three of them after two weeks. Verona, Madison Memorial, and Janesville Craig, not necessarily the three that you would have expected to be undefeated at this time of the year. And so, you know, as we look around the state, uh, some really interesting conference races starting to take shape. A number of these conferences have already been into conference play because they do have nine or ten teams in their leagues, whereas many conferences are going to be getting into conference play this week with uh, teams that have, excuse me, conferences that have eight teams. They enter conference play here. In Week Three, a few of the other storylines, overarching storylines, as we have kind of looked over the the first part of this season, have to mention the game last week, the game of the week, with St. Mary Springs and Amherst. You know, the a, a big storyline we'll follow all year is going to be St. Mary Springs and what division they will end up in in the playoffs. Because as people might know, and if they don't, they'll learn very quickly, in the state of Wisconsin, your divisional placement in football is not determined until after the regular season is complete. It's the only sport that operates in that fashion. And so St. Mary Springs, we are projecting, based on what their enrollment is this year, based on what the enrollment cutoffs have been in the past, that St. Mary Springs will be in Division 5. So last week, the defending Division 6 state champion, St. Mary Springs Ledgers, traveled to Amherst, the three-time defending state champions in Division 5, In the game of the week, the fourth straight year, those two teams have met up. Again, both defending state champions, which doesn't happen very often. We've only had it a few times in the last 20 or 30 years. Springs and Amherst met a couple years ago as defending state champions. Uh, Reedsburg and Key met in 2010 when they were both defending state champions. It doesn't happen too often. and So the game of the week on wissports.net, didn't end up being much of a game. Springs dominated pretty much from the get-go, 34 to nothing, despite losing Ezra Tucker, a two-way standout for them at, uh, I believe, defensive back on defense and then as a running back on offense. Uh, Lost him to what Bob Hyland told us on Football Friday Night was likely a broken uh, foot or ankle and sounded like it was quite possibly a season-ender for him. But, man, Springs kept marching on, and they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of kids back from that state title team last year, whereas Amherst really turned over their roster quite a bit um, from, from last year's team. They looked very good beating Merrill 34-3 in Week 1, but no match for Springs uh, in Week 2. So it's a possibility that's the, the first of two matchups between these two teams because, again, if, if Springs does end up in Division 5, these teams could meet in the playoffs potentially in a uh, pretty deep run, potentially at Camp Randall Stadium, which really would be an interesting game to see. you know Amherst having such a uh, relatively inexperienced and young group um, bringing kids back uh, in, in what they're going to get and, and how much better they're going to get over the course of the season. You know I, I still foresee them being a contender for that Division five crown and Division five is looking very, very strong this year. Lake Country Lutheran is going to fly a little bit under the radar much of the season, I think, because so much of the attention will be paid to Amherst, to St. Mary Springs. Lake Country Lutheran brought a ton back from last year's group that almost beat Amherst in the Division 5 state finals. They're ranked number two in the Division 5 coaches poll, but that's a a team that has some serious firepower. They just hammered Darlington last week, uh, 41-0, 43-0, something like that and I, I don't see them getting too challenged during the regular season. St. Uh, Francis, you know, maybe they can give them a game in the Midwest Conference, but Lake Country Lutheran's going to roll. Spencer Columbus Catholic looks very, very good. They lose Hunter, Hunter Lupke, a Division One kid off of last year's team that scored over 40 touchdowns on the ground, but their offensive line is big, strong, physical. They've got a D1 recruit up there in Logan Jernitz. Um, One coach in the Cloverbelt Conference said that might be the best offensive line that they've ever seen there at uh, Spencer Columbus Catholic in that conference. You've got some other pretty strong programs like Cedar Grove Belgium still in the mix. They're looking very good. Stanley Boyd, of course, is always going to be a threat, always going to be a contender. Um, Stanley Boyd plays Regis this week, by the way. That's a huge early season clover belt game and a game that I considered for my game of the week on WSN. Regis is ranked third in Division 6. Amherst is ranked fourth in Division 5. Uh, so, some pretty good games there, and again, that Division Five field—it's going to be fun to watch it play out. Not only during the regular season, but once we get to the end of the year and find out which of those teams actually will stay in Division Five and where they'll be at and uh, who will be there. Uh, a team that last year we saw go up to Division Five that could be in that mix again is Grantsburg. They lost one Chennault brother from last year, but they've got two back. Leo Chennault, the Badgers commit as a uh, linebacker recruit, played running back for them and linebacker in in week two. He missed week one, went on a mission trip out west, but came back for week two, made up for uh, lost time pretty quickly, and he had uh, three rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, 21 tackles, an interception, a fumble recovery, just destroyed Hayward in their game, and Grantsburg is one of those teams that has kind of been very close to that D5, D6 cut line. So... You know That, again, will be a storyline that we'll watch throughout the year. And uh, you know a few other things to keep an eye on. In Division 7, the top three teams there are pretty much the top three teams that were there all year in the rankings last season. Edgar Bangor and Blackhawk all have looked pretty solid in their opening games. Now Bangor, of course, had a coaching change relatively late in the offseason. Rick Millenberg stepped down. Kevin Kravick stepped in as the head coach. And, uh, you know, they lost a good amount of talent from last year's team, but what they did last year, uh, winning a boys basketball state title, a football state title, a girls basketball state title, taking home the WSN Cup award for multiple sport success on WSN, you know, that bodes well for them to continue to, to do things very well uh, because their weight room program, their buy-in in the offseason in the weight room is so exceptional. Uh, certainly will keep them as a contender. Uh, Blackhawks got a really good group. They just beat Potosi Cassville last week in a, a really hard fought game, 14 to 7. Edgar, uh, gave up a field goal last week. Uh, otherwise they had, uh, dominated in their game. Um, they got a shutout in week one. So, you know, you hear some of these names, the Edgars and the Bangors and the Wanakeys and the, uh, Amhersts of the world. It's, uh, a lot of the same teams that we have seen over and over at Camp Randall Stadium. Um. And that's not by accident, of course. There's a reason that some of those same names are making it to Camp Randall year in and year out. And perhaps more than uh, at least any time I can remember over my 10 years, and, and this is my 11th year uh, doing high school football in Wisconsin at WSN, You know, it's a very strong chance that some of these teams will get back to state for a second straight year or even third, fourth, sixth in the case of Kimberly, um, that all those teams have a good shot to get back to Madison. So, uh, you know, the the football uh, season is off to a good start. We're going to get into a, a lot more conference play this week again, and, you know, it, it'll be fun to watch. It, it's a season where I think things might be a little bit more open with some of those traditional powers I mentioned Having some solid graduation losses, but again, they've looked pretty good in the early going. So there's a a lot of things that we'll talk about throughout the year. We'll get into some of the top players, and you know, my thoughts on some of the uh, the the player rankings and who some of the kids are to watch as maybe late scholarship offer type of kids. And uh, we'll talk about that maybe in next week's uh, version of the Wisports.net podcast. Um, but do want to wrap things up for this week anyway, and just. Kind of talk about some of the big news in basketball that has been going on in the offseason. and it's generated a lot of discussion. It's generated a lot of uh, back and forth of is it good, is it not good, does it harm anybody, what is it with movement in in player movement in high school basketball, specifically on the boys side, and it all kind of centers around Nicolet High School, uh, who had a good team last year. They had a they have a very good what is going to be junior player, Jamar Sibley, uh, Jamari Sibley uh, there, and uh, a kid that's got a number of Division I offers and, and continuing to receive strong Division one interest, interest from a number of schools. Um, he played in the off-season with the new AAU program Phenom University, played with some outstanding players, and in the off-season, in the summertime, uh, came out that a number of those players were planning on transferring to nicolay jalen johnson from sun prairie being the biggest name a kid that's ranked in the top 10 nationally in pretty much every ranking that's out there transferred uh from sun prairie where he led the cardinals to the state tournament last year of course their season ended uh in a very tough fashion they lost a heartbreaker at the end um you know there were some some questions about uh you know, why Johnson didn't get the ball, why Sun Prairie stalled a little bit towards the end of the game. And uh, there was whispers that the Johnsons weren't going to be long for Sun Prairie, that they were planning on heading out and, and going to a different uh, opportunity. There was uh, a lot of speculation initially that might be an out-of-state prep school, which has been the route that a number of players have gone over the last few years. But ultimately, they chose to, uh, to go to Nicolet. Um, so Jalen Johnson left his younger brother, Kobe Johnson, who is a well thought of, uh, going to be sophomore player left, went to Sun Prairie as well, or excuse me, went to Nicolet as well. Um, before that though, the first, uh, first movement, the first domino to fall was, um, Desmond Polk, uh, a kid in the same class, the 2020 class ranked in the top five in the state, uh, a kid that's getting a number of division one offers that played with the rest of that group in the Phenom University AAU program. At New Berlin West last year, decided he was going to make the move to Nicolet and uh, and join his uh, good friend Jamari Sibley there, and then the Johnsons followed suit. Um, Now, there's been a little bit of a change in plans there because Desmond Polk just announced today, in fact, that he was going to be leaving instead of going to Nicolet, was going to go out of state to the La Lumiere Prep School program in Indiana. It's really one of the elite... Prep schools nationally, one of the elite programs nationally. You'll see them play on ESPN a number of times, I'm sure. Um, there's been some really highly ranked kids that have gone through there. And uh, just the latest in the line of kids that have left Wisconsin to go to prep schools out of state. A lot of times that hasn't worked out too well. There's been a number of kids that have ended up coming back to Wisconsin or you know, just kind of faded uh, faded away. Certainly wish him well. Um, that's, a, again, an outstanding basketball opportunity and and community and uh, team that he's going to be a part of. But, uh, you know, I think when you looked at that Nicolet situation in general, there was no guarantee yet that those transfers were going to be eligible, were going to be deemed eligible by the WIAA. It had caught the the attention of the WIAA for sure. They uh, were well aware of it. They were well aware that there was a number of people that were, you know, critical, Of all of the transfers that were heading into Nicolet and uh, of course with the transfer rules that we have in the state of Wisconsin there are rules so there are limits there are regulations regarding where kids can can go and be eligible to participate in high school athletics and what they can do and uh, there's a, a waiver process that some of those kids would have had to apply for they would have had to prove residency they would have had to prove change of residency you know, why they were leaving and, and basically ensure that the move was not athletically motivated. And, you know, I, I think there's uh, at least a possibility that with Polk picking up and leaving right before school starts, the writing might have, might have been on the wall a little bit that um, maybe he wasn't going to get approved for a waiver, that maybe that wasn't going to happen. Uh, and he was going to be ineligible. And rather than wait for that to happen, head over to La Lumiere and pro- go on to that next opportunity. So now the uh, attention turns to Jalen and Kobe Johnson and whether that move will up- receive approval from the WIAA. Uh, Nicolay, as the school that is uh, that they are transferring to, Nicolay has a Process and procedure they will have to go through to submit a waiver application on behalf of the Johnsons to the WIAA. They will have to provide supporting evidence, they will have to provide supporting documentation to uh, request that waiver. And again, that's something the WIA will review, the WIA will look into. Now, the WIA receives thousands of waiver requests per year regarding their transfer rules because there's a, a number of kids every year that change schools for any number of reasons. You know, most of them, many of them are legitimate reasons that do get approved, whether it's mom or dad got a new job in in a a different town and needed to move, Um, whether it's uh, a kid, uh, you know, had to to go live with grandma or grandpa or another uh, family member or or guardian, Uh, whether it's um, a dangerous situation that they might have been in at home, whether it was, uh, any number of things. There's uh, there's waivers that, that can be granted and are granted. So for a player to receive a waiver is not uncommon. Now, a player like Jalen Johnson, like Desmond Polk, leaving and going to a different school certainly does draw more attention. And so it's going to draw more interest, and it's certainly going to draw uh, more attention. Uh, attention and more looking into from the WIA, you can be sure Nicolet, from from everything that I have heard, is doing everything the right way. Uh, their administration, in terms of making sure that all of these things are done properly, that the transfers are done properly, that uh, you know the residency is established, the residency is verified, all of those things, it seems like Nicolay is doing the right way. Now, even if all those things are done the right way, uh, the WIA could still Find other things that will cause them to not approve the waiver. So again, attention turns to the Johnsons. What's going to happen with them? And I don't know. I think there's certainly a possibility that the WI could rule them ineligible. In in it'll depend on what they find. Um, you know, the the WI's standpoint on transfers has always been they want to have those rules in place to make sure that. Things are done for the right reason, but ultimately they want to find ways within the rules to make kids eligible to play. You know, some people uh, think of the WI as this big bad organization that's trying to just go out of their way to, to mess with kids and to harm kids and, and you know, punish people and punish kids. And, and it's absolutely not the case. Um, they want to find ways to make kids eligible within the guidelines that the member schools have put forward. Remember, the WIA is the member schools. The, the, the WIA staff, who's the ones that get all of the wrath, are just enforcing and, and interpreting and applying this, the rules that these schools themselves have put together, have agreed to, have voted on. And so if you don't like the rules, don't blame Wade LeBecky, Dave Anderson, Steph Hauser, uh, Kate Peterson-Abiad in the WIA office blame the schools that put the rules together because they're the ones that actually make the rules, the WI staff just enforces and interprets those rules. So that's going to be an interesting story to play out. I, I expect that once school starts is when Nicolay will actually submit their application, their transfer r- waiver request for uh, for the Johnsons. And then uh, uh, my expectation is that it will be about a week that the WI will have uh, where they'll review information and then release, uh, you know, or not released publicly because they don't comment and, and can't comment on those things, but when they will make uh, notice to Nicolet of what their, their ruling was, whether that appeal was granted or that waiver was granted or denied, there is an appeal process that they could uh, follow if Nicolay chooses to and the, the, the parents and the athletes choose to. There is an appeal process they can go through. Either way, no matter what happens... Whether the Johnsons are approved a waiver to play at Nicolet, whether they are denied and have to sit out a season, whether they have to sit out a few games, as we've seen in the past with some other transfer uh, issues, it's going to be a big story. And there's going to be people on both sides that are uh, going to be critical. Uh, If if their waiver is denied, there's going to be a number of people very critical of the WIAA, I can guarantee you, um, that are going to make it about... You know, hurting kids and, and, and everything else. Um, there will be some other issues that will be brought into those cri- uh, criticisms, I, I can assure you. If the WIA approves their waiver request and the Johnsons are immediately eligible to play at Sun Prairie, there's going to be people critical of the WIA and of that decision that feel the, uh, you know, it was an athletically motivated move, that it's trying to put together a super team, a la the Golden State Warriors and uh, will not be happy with that move, will not be happy with the decision to allow them to play. So like any number of things that the WI has to deal with, it's really a lose-lose for them. They're the ones that have to be the bad guy, that have to say yes or no, that have to make the tough decisions um, and, and again, enforce the rules that the schools put forward. So expect that story to, uh, to be big news when it does happen. And if it's denied... It'll be bigger news. It'll be potentially national news, and uh, you could see uh, you could see a lawsuit. I would not be surprised. You could see, you know, uh, people in the national media who already have shown a very not only willingness but eagerness to bash the WIA and, and bash other state associations. Um, they will join the, the uh, chorus and. You know, the Jay Billis's of the world who never have any time or know nothing or, or care nothing about high school sports in Wisconsin will join in and rip on the WIA and everything else. But again, it remains to be seen what that decision will be, but you can bet it will, it will be newsworthy whenever it is made. Um, so keep an eye on that one. That'll about do it, I think, for our first WSN podcast. Uh, we got some football talk in. We talked about some basketball transfers. We'll mix in all kinds of different stuff each week on the WissSports.net podcast. Again, we'll, we'll get some guests on. We'll try to uh, get some thoughts from other, our other WSN staff as well. And uh, just get you up to date. Give us a little chance to, to talk a little freestyle about the things that are happening, what we're thinking, uh, how we view certain things going on in the high school sports world. And give us a, allow us to give you a little bit of insight and, and extra um, information as well, uh, because a- apparently I'm just not on enough audio uh, features and, and audio platforms during the week on the numerous radio interviews I do and Football Friday Night and the, the Wisports.net Minute that airs around the state. Apparently that's just not enough. So we had to go to the, uh, the, the podcast route. But uh, appreciate you listening in. We'll probably try to keep it around 15 to 20 minutes. We got a little long on this one. We're over 30 already. Um, but give you something to listen to as you're working away during the day, as you're hanging out, maybe going out for uh, uh, not a run. Nobody would ever listen to this while they're going on a run, right? Um, I don't know what you're doing while you're listening to it. Maybe mowing the yard. But, uh, again, thanks for joining in. We'll keep you up to date. We'll get you new information, a new version every Wednesday. Uh, so follow along. Subscribe on iTunes, on uh, all the other podcast uh, opportunities that, we, that you uh, uh, enjoy. So thanks for tuning in. This has been the Wisports.net podcast, the inaugural version, the first ever version. Check us out at Wisports.net.